Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just three mates that that love the game and we've got so much to talk about with the Lions' victory over the Canterbury Crusaders and the game coming up against the Highlanders. We've got England, Scotland, Ireland, Australia and Fiji internationals to talk about as well and lots of other stuff besides. So this is the Sunday podcast, but what you need to do is be hitting subscribe because we've got loads of podcasts coming at the minute because it's the Lions and we cannot get enough. Hit subscribe and then all the episodes and there's at least three a week. uh, You can automatically get downloaded to your smartphone app computer or, or whatever. We're on Acast, we're on iTunes and I am Tim and it's JB... Hello, Tim. And Phil. Hello, Tim. Right, quick review then that's been left on iTunes from DMX5, who says... DMX, uh, the rapper? Yeah, yeah, the rapper, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, Strong and stable rugby chat. If this podcast were a Lions winger, it would wait until the catcher's feet have touched the ground before smashing him backwards and into touch. No yellow cards here. Superb. Thank you very much. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, Lovely job. So, uh, yeah, uh, five-star reviews on iTunes. Thank you very much. You can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Well done yesterday. Sorry I wasn't around. Oh, it's okay. You were doing bigger and better podcasts from what I, from what I understand. <laughs> well, I wasn't doing any other podcast. I might have been making radio, but I wasn't uh, doing another podcast. I would never do another podcast. Making radio? Is that a euphemism for cheating on your mates? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, how, how was it? How was Top Spot? Oh, yeah, no, it, was, it was good. I, I, um, I'm, doing the, um, I'm doing the Lion's Den, they call it, after. Ooh. So tune in to Top Spot 2 after games which what what's brilliant about that is that will bridge the gap perfectly because it sometimes take, it takes iTunes about an hour to get the podcast uploaded so whilst you're waiting for our <laughs> post-match podcast you can listen to TalkSport 2 live and then listen to Egg Chasers straight after that so you get Tim's opinion and then immediately after that you can get mine and JB's well, opinion but equally I think I might be able to contribute to that as well post-match because I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't start to 11 and the games finish about 10, 10 past 10 so I can hop straight on do the podcast then go and do a, do a show I put you boys first that's what I'm saying <laughs> amazing amazing of course anyway anyway you enjoy um, the game uh, the Lions game yeah I, I didn't just enjoy the Lions game I enjoyed the festival of rugby that was Saturday yeah it was incredible this is true um, the only game I missed was the Fiji game the Australia Fiji game yeah, no I missed way. that what a sad crowd attendance for that one yeah 13,000 pathetic is that all it was second lowest ever for, Ooh, a, for an Australian national game, they could have held it held it at the AJ Bell for that. <laughs> yeah, well, it'd be nice. It would be nice to see what the AJ Bell Stadium looks like. More than half full. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, does it help? I mean, they actually could probably go there. They could probably play a Test match in any of the Premiership grounds. It's uh, really, really poor, really worrying stuff actually for Australia. Yeah, it's really bad times in Australia at the minute. We, they, uh, 
so yeah, but they're well at least their national team got a win. I didn't watch that one either, and I didn't manage to catch France South Africa, which is pretty ugly from well certainly from a French. It perspective. is entertaining actually. I mean, yes, from a French point of view, it was an ugly result, but it was fairly entertaining. I can't say I was concentrating too hard on it. I had to do daycare stuff at the at the time, but I, you know, it was on whilst I was in the room. Hold on, you're not doing that thing where you where like dads put, say they're babysitting when you, he's looking after your own child. You can't you can't do daycare I, with your own child. I absolutely That's just can. called I was being a no, dad. No, I'm sorry. There's these there's these progressive stupid T-shirts. Dads don't do daycare. Do one. Not 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 interested. I'm working. I've got to work. I did. I was working during the South Africa France game, which meant which meant watching it intently. Um, France, it wasn't the best performance, but it is worth noting that they had none of the players from the top fourteen final because this. Don't forget, this is only a week after it. That's true. So, it was a weakened French team. They weren't brilliant, but they had some good moments. Uh, and there's probably both teams can take a lot of positives out of this. It's eight eight months since South Africa last won a game. Wow, a rugby, an international right? rugby game. Yeah, they oh, have God. only played. This was only their fifth game in that yeah. period. But can I can I maybe just spend a minute going over Crusaders Lions? Yeah, yes. because I, I listened Please. to the podcast on my train back to Manchester. On the train back to Manchester, and um, I largely agreed with lots of what you said. I will. I do want to pick you up on a couple of things though. Oh, please. Yes. Firstly, there was no peak Tio Horn. Nope. Now, <laughs> Ben Tio played in the Saturday side, not in the midweek team, and you he played in. Probably what everyone was calling the toughest game outside of the test matches. Yeah. He played and he played very well. Agreed. He did. I think that was well. worthy of a peak to your horn. It's. Uh, I think this is a, f- a f- flat line. Maybe, maybe not. I don't a flat think it's peak. I don't think it's. I well, you, think you, it's didn't, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't give peak to uh, a, a horn for the for the first time he pulled on a lion's shirt. He did deserve one for that. So he got one for being selected. I mean, selected is probably no. more important than going to the midweek no, team. Come on. You're you're completely <laughs> illegitimising the the peak to your horn at all because if you're not going <laughs> to play the horn Maybe when he reaches building... a, when he reaches a new peak, then what's the point? Yeah. You can't skip rungs of the ladder. I, I think he does deserve a horn. Get the horn played. Oh, for God's sakes! Look, what have I started? We <laughs> <laughs> so, leave it now until he scores the winning try in the third test in the 80th minute. And then we can leave that, that music playing pretty much all night. If he well, gets selected for the test match, which I think oh, the smart money, is, smart money is, we will, then that, that's a new peak. Now, bear in mind that this started from this started from someone who laughed at him even being in a wider England training squad, JB, which well, is where you a, started the, two the years ago. we laughed we, is because it was absurd, Tim. It was absurd, but you I'm I'm a, a I'm a rugby visionary. What can I say? You, you, you picked up a rumor at, at oh. the BT Sport uh, cafeteria <laughs> that he was moving over. Oh, he might. Uh, yeah, he'll come over. He'll play for England. Nobody knew, and no one even knew in Ireland when they were watching him. He was okay. He was good. Yeah, uh, they they were happy to get rid of him to put Henshaw, yeah. Henshaw in there. Exactly. Well, I'll so, tell you what. Uh, so I will just say I think Pito is uh, probably favourite as it stands but yeah. the centre partnership coming up which we'll discuss in a lot more detail is Henshaw and Jonathan Joseph I, I, and they will have something to say about mm. it. Now I don't believe I cheated on the podcast, I will not have that but I do. I will say that <laughs> I, I accidentally bled some of, just a matter of habit, I was referring <laughs> to Ben Teo on TalkSport and did this 9-10 combination was great Hold on, this is me obviously just brutal. Loved it. 
Now, I know you're a Worcester Warriors season ticket holder. Yeah. What a rise Pete Teo is having. Uh, sorry, Pete Teo, Ben Teo. What a rise. <laughs> to... uh, I don't know, Tim. You, you, you're a sneaky one. That, that, that could have been you. Did, did, did you sign off as the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast? I didn't. Oh. <laughs> um, but Ben Parker has got in touch and suggested a song because we were talking about uh, songs. You, you know, you're disappointed you're... Billy and Mac of Vanapola. Billy, 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 yeah, Billy, Billy, Billy. Very disappointed. Yeah. It also works for Denny, 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 Son of Luna. <laughs> it does. Who we'll be talking about later. Uh, ben Parker said his idea for a Tio song uh, it was to the tune of the Out Here Brothers. Do you remember that song? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Let me yeah. hear you say way oh, way oh. So, so good. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Let me hear you say Tio, Tio. Nice. That works. I like that. I like it a lot. Uh, so, so briefly on the Lions then. Um, I thought you were. I thought I, th- I thought Anthony Watson had an outstanding game. I thought he was really good. I think he could what, what he, he could like be starting him? in the Test match. He's well. He played well in the first game, and he played well in yesterday or Saturday, depending on when you're listening Tell to me this. About Saturday. Saturday. He was he was a really elusive runner. You, you you picked up on the time when he let a ball bounce. Mm. Fair enough. I, I'm not not. A, I haven't got a problem with that. But he was. Do you m- He was the most. He was the most elusive runner that there was. And there were times when he was in heavy traffic and managed to make 10, 15 metres uh, of yards running the ball back. I assumed when he came onto the field that they would move Liam Williams yeah. to, to fullback yeah, and him onto the wing, and they didn't. Which, I'm not necessarily saying he'll start at fullback, but I think Anthony Watson's going to start in the back three for the test. I think you could be right. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I've got conflicting points on this. I think Anthony Watson's the most attacking player in the Lions full stop. He's, he's the most probably talent- the, yeah the fastest and best feet yeah so from that point of view yeah definitely but looking at what they were trying to do on Saturday do you think they were trying to play like a kick chase game yeah so is he really the right guy it's for me North isn't the right guy um, because North and Watson kind of can do the same things in space as in they are attacking guys you need to put into space not hard working guys like Noel and like Liam Williams who yeah can do the space thing but. Also can, you know, chase a ball, jackal, tackle, work hard, look for work. I think that might be the difference. Mm, it does depend which way they want to go. Yeah, I mean, personally, personally, I thought Conor Murray had, a, had an excellent game. Mm-hmm. But I don't, uh, you see, Ireland won. But I just have a, and I think Gatlin will pick Conor Murray. But I don't know, there's part of me that just wants Reese Webb, wants Anthony Watson, wants Jonathan Joseph in the team. Yeah. Just to really give him a go. The problem is... I think you you risk opening it up too much, and any turnover ball, the All Blacks will feed off. Yeah. I think you know if the Lions are going to win, they've got to play the same game that they did against the Crusaders and play that suffocating, that Saracens esque defense. But they're still going to have to score thirty points. I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> it this, depends how good that defense can be. This game has kind of made me reconsider. But bear in mind, I didn't think they would win any of these provincial games to show up so strongly against what is supposedly the hardest team to play against is and, really encouraging and with a an international type 5 as well I mean, I, that Crusaders type 5 they are all all blacks and they're all all blacks many times over as and well and you know what it, I'm pretty sh- sure I'm right in saying in fact I think someone said it on your tour sport show Tim that Canterbury have not managed to not score a try in like two years Seven, <laughs> and they've scored 74 tries this super in, rugby season in 14 games yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's something in it. Well, I also think we 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 maybe over-egged the Canterbury quality 
in terms of the back line, the forwards, there were six All Blacks, and I completely get that. Their yep. back line, I didn't think was that great. Yeah, it was. And they were missing, They're missing Crossy. Crossy, who's massive. Yeah. And Mwanga, is it, had a bad game. Yeah. Bad game. He didn't play particularly well. But how much of that, we were saying mm. on yeah. Saturday morning, how much of that is the pressure, yeah. the line speed of that, that defence? I'm, I'm willing to accept that. I still think you're gonna. I still think gonna, the Lions are going to have to score maybe three or four tries to beat the All Blacks in a test match. If um, that's the case, I don't think they've got the personnel. Which exactly. I, at all. No, no, no. no matter well, what. well you, yeah, you take the team that he's probably going to put out and it will, it will work. And like in Chicago for Ireland, they got a lead and managed to hold on. The All Blacks get ahead, you're never getting them back. So yeah. I would question that and say, how are you going to get these tries? So if the way to get these tries is you know, essentially a Wasps-esque uh, attacking style, I'm you know, for instance, so that. you know, it's ball in hand, it's nice rugby, it's the way you want to score tries. Well, it's fine. No, I'm not. If I'm it's not kick saying chase, turnover, kick to the corner, driving more. I mean, that is another way to score points. And if you look at the Ireland game, two tries in three games, who the Lions? Well, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I don't think it's enough. But I'm saying there are other ways to do it rather than open, open, free flowing rugby. And if you look at the Ireland game when they beat the All Blacks in Chicago, a lot of it did. Did come from you know kick chase turnover yeah. all the hard ugly stuff because I think you've probably got more of a chance of scoring against the All Blacks using turnover ball than you have by just keeping the ball phase after phase. Possibly, yeah. I, don't get me wrong, Tim. Yeah. I I I'd yeah. much rather see the brand of rugby that you're describing. I'm not hopeful that we can win either way. But I think we've actually got slightly more of a chance if we keep yeah, it close. Maybe and, and actually, if you want to talk about Saracens, it is it is playing the territory, applying pressure with def- with uh, offensive defence, but then it's clinically finishing yeah. when, yeah. when they have the chance, which is what the Lions haven't done and what they need to do. And hopefully, over yeah. the next couple of games, what can they I will float get to. a hypothetical? Yeah. Who would win, Saracens or Crusaders? Probably Saracens. Saracens. On that, I think Saracens on yeah. that. Per- that exact performance, yeah, I'd say Saracens. Yeah, mm. uh, very br- briefly. Then I, I thought actually Peter Amani and Sean O'Brien were quite effective uh, in the game, yeah. and maybe didn't get the credit they deserved. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I, you're I, probably right here. Yeah, I've rewatched it and. De- particularly Sean O'Brien. I thought they were both. Amani was really disruptive in the lineout. There was no no coincidence that he was in the he was in the defensive lineout and the the Crusaders lineout with, with six All Blacks in the side went to pot. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that that I mean, is fair. And we, me and JB were overly critical, and particularly now I'm wearing my Leinster top. <laughs> Shawnee, I'm all about Shawnee. Yeah, I'll just say I think probably came from the question, which is who will not play in the test. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's because uh, Sean it's Wal- space, Sam Warburton will start. going to come back. He's so. starting in the game. He is. I imagine he'll play 50 minutes, and then Tipperick will come on, and they'll they'll get him ready for the for the Saturday game, perhaps. Yeah. Now the Saturday game. Just touch on that. The Saturday game is against the Maoris. Yeah. And I've seen the, the Maori All Black squad. It's a pretty formidable squad. Is yeah. It? Yeah. It, it really is. Um, and Gatland has said that he's going to see something close to a test side for that. Interesting. Which wow. will probably be similar to the Crusaders side yeah. with a few changes of personnel. So, do you know my theory about the Lions not having enough time to get together and yeah. forth and forth, right? And I still believe that. I still think it's incredibly hard to do what we'll do what they're doing. Um, let's flip this round and say, if you're on a summer tour, you get three games. The Lions actually have a small advantage, which is they have all of the warm-up games, which I never really thought about. So if you are an international squad, you get your three games in summer, your two games, and that will be that. 
But these guys can train and stay together for a prolonged period. Now, I don't know how much it makes up for the fact they haven't played at Six Nations and they haven't been to numerous camps, but it is something. There is. So I, I was thinking that through today. So there's pros and cons to this. So yes, they've not played the Six Nations, but then they get 10 games together. Yeah. But to counter the 10 games together, they get 10 games together, which means that they're playing 10 times in a six-week period. Yeah. So just how much wear and tear is that going to put on the body? Yeah, the most important thing for me uh, is... Sorry, Phil, what? you're pointing. What are you pointing at? Your battery is running low 10%. Oh, thanks, mate. That's really important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of operation critical. <laughs> what on earth? Where does that come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, um, that, that's the Lions, and we, we, can get yeah. into, we can get into looking ahead to the Highlanders game in a bit, but there's loads of international rugby to talk about, and some, I'm sure Scottish fans would argue Finn Russell's would, was giving reasons and an example of why he should be in New Zealand. Other players showed up particularly well in other games, so we can get into that. I just thought, off the back of a... Well, I mean, did uh, JB, you didn't get any... I, did, I stayed up all Thursday night, yeah. fascinated by the electoral process. What, what did you... Did you get into it, Phil? Uh, you, you had I, a vested interest in it, personally. I did. I yeah. did. Um, Family members and all that. I was on a course, so at 10pm uh, I was taking part in a debate in a, a bar, a private room in a bar in uh, Westminster, uh, sorry, not in Westminster, in um, Greenwich, um, down in London, and I was on a course for, for three days, so I kind of got back to my room at like about one in the morning, spent an hour catching up on the results and the trends, but didn't properly get into yeah. it. Certainly not to the same extent that you boys did. Well, well we don't need to now, because I think no, <laughs> JB definitely doesn't want to. <laughs> but we did float out our own little rugby manifesto. Yeah. You know, just because if people are looking for proper leadership and looking for re- real ideas that could really work in the real world with real people, um, then we put out a, 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 some rugby manifesto ideas and, and the ones we got sent back were amazing so ours were basically some of the stuff we've been banging on about for a while like the way that TMOs should should talk to each other in normal conversational language yes not um, <laughs> initial contact was executed with force to the lower head or upper neck area uh, forwards having to wear black boots I know yeah. JB was a pink boot wearing forwards. yeah that's when I was on the wing though to be fair yeah, and then um, obviously the old one. You mu- boots are mandatory, not optional for promotional photographs. Yeah, hundred percent. If a player's seen in kit, it has to be full kit. Do yeah. you think? Yeah. Do you think that not in training promotional shots should be treated the same as doping? I, I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. It's yeah. It's a, it's an oversight that you know some people. Well, it should be treated the same way as someone who misses a drugs test but maybe hasn't even been doping. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> There's no. We can't allow this to slide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You let one one do it, and God knows. Yeah, and and next. shirt sponsors having to fill the color palette of the club shirt. Is now, the, I would actually extend that. So I, yes, completely agree with it. I would actually go one further, and say, the the um, main sponsor needs to be sympathetically proportioned to the overall design of the shirt. I love it. Mm. And the reason I say that is because the South Africa shirt, which has got that big, massive... So it's yellow. It's MNT, it's yellow. It's, it's the right colour, yeah. but it's enormous. It's yeah. twice the size it should be. But I'm, I'm looking behind you and there's an Auckland blue shirt. That green is with the blue. <laughs> too big. Just, oh, too big. Too, too big horrible. and wrong colours. Horrible. Yeah. So, yeah, um, but we had some brilliant suggestions that came in. So I'll run these by you then. We might be able to come up with a shadow cabinet with uh, some of these ideas. So uh, 
Ant Green said just a really simple one that's not even light hearted TMO decisions full speed all for that yep. yes that in uh, some cases not where twice so yeah. where it's foul play yeah. full speed yeah where it's a try, you slow it down. Yeah. Uh, then on a more light-hearted note, uh, the London Irish blog on Twitter said, I'm surprised Tim hasn't suggested English caps for English people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, Adam Ingle uh, said, no more of these true socks. You you wear issue kit or you yes, don't play. Yes, well said. Yeah. True socks. <laughs> uh, Ronan Griffin said, no full-time rugby players can also be part-time DJs. <laughs> Love it. That is going to... Oh, we'll be losing a, a lot of rugby players there. Yeah. Because I think they'll... Some really good ones too. They'll... they'll uh, Adam Ash, gone. They'll stick with the DJ in rather than... Haskell, gone. Yeah. Keen Healy, gone. yeah. Keen, yeah. Autorak, gone. Gone. Sam Hill, gone. Um, a dogway, gone. <laughs> I mean, it'd be less damaging to say lads from farming backgrounds can't play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Angus McIntosh said, I want Phil's law. You know how sometimes people that inst- introduce laws, they get, they get it named after them? <laughs> Phil's law. Should the You can appeal for a TMO, oh. but if it's not, if you're not right, you're, you're, you get you get given 10. Largan's law. Largan's law, well, like it. Wasn't it like, if you appeal, you get, uh, <laughs> you get a penalty against you, and if you're wrong, you get uh, 10 minutes in the bin? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, Joe McDougall, non-Welsh players are should be allowed to captain the Lions. Just the <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> um, Dan Bridal says players celebrating being awarded a penalty dealt with severely. Well, what about Maru Itoji and his signature hand clap? What would happen with that? He invented clapping. No, you're also <laughs> let the boy clap. Sorry, you are allowed to celebrate penalties, especially if you've jackled and won the ball yourself. That's so absolutely you, fine. Yeah. I think, but I think there needs to be um, a distance. You need to have a, anyone within a like, five meter like a blast radius. Yeah, five meter radius <laughs> can go up and give him an ass tap, pat yep. on the head. You can't have yeah, 50, yeah, yeah a, a winger running in from fifty yards away. Oh, so true. That's it. To, I, to get annoyed about like that with scrimmaging, scrum penalty, especially if I'm in the scrum. I want everyone. I want, <laughs> I want the fans to get involved. to run onto the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Half the time, at, at least the bench. Someone mentioned it on our Twitter, but. The wingers half the time will be just up in their uh, meters run stats. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, GPS for the GPS, miles. yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Stuart HS, no back is allowed to steal the ball from a forward off the back of a driving mall to score a try. Agree with that. Quite a few people said that one. Yeah, we've uh, seen we've seen a few backs getting in on the act this season. Yeah. And I like this one from James Leeper. I would genuinely quite like this. Uh, add occasional fights to be allowed, as long as it it's proper toe-to-toe stuff, no sneaky underhand stuff. Because there was a bit of niggle in that game on Saturday, and there was times when everyone sort of started. But now the players are very well-trained and disciplined, and they just... They throw their hands up in the air, don't they? They, they just like, they, they grasp the shirt of the opponent and sort of push forward and yeah, backwards, and that's it. A bit of wiggling. Play. With the amount of physicality, it's quite. It shows quite a lot of restraint, which I yeah. suppose is the right thing. But look I, at ice hockey. I think they've got it nailed there. Just well, like go on, then everyone back thing, off. Like, let them go for every it. Every now and again, something really bad happens, and then they've got to go through what must be the most painful process of all the press and all the yeah, detractors. That's true, that's true. Whinging, and I mean, we've got enough problems at the moment with bloody concussions without them banging on about fighting. So uh, let's just take what we can get whilst we can get it. That one bit of niggle. Uh, it was. 
I think it was the third scrum of the game, and there were two dominant lion scrums, yeah. and then the Crusaders oh, scrum yeah, just rolled, yeah, completely rolled them over. It's policy that was. It was a hell of a scrum that, and then all of the so like, Mako, Jamie George, Ooh. and Furlong were like lying on their backs with five Crusaders on and top all, of them, yeah, and, and all the Crusaders were shouting down on and them, and then all the Crusaders' backs were running in like it's a bloody Lynx advert. But then Omani ran in, and Sean O'Brien ran in, and were. Dragging would, them off. I, I think Omani would be the best man to have on your side in yeah. in, in a bar fight. Yeah, the the <laughs> single best. <laughs> Maybe there's a couple of uh, Georgian back rows. I I would also I take. Don't, I know. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I think anyway, we- thank you very much for all the suggestions at Rugby Podcast. We will be. Um, it looks like there might be another election, and we may well be standing in a constituency near you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now. Law variations. While we're on this topic, I've had a brainwave this weekend about another potential law variation. Okay, and it's, then. it's not something that would really have been necessary this weekend, but I think it could genuinely improve the game. Penal- penalties. Yep. If you're going to take a kick for the sticks, you have to take it from exactly where the penalty was given rather than being able to march back 20 yards. Right, so you can't improve your angle if you're too close. So, five-metre scrum. I'm going to disagree with you. Well, let me just talk it through. Five-metre scrum. Yep. A lot of teams will just go for a penalty try. Uh, not a penalty try, they'll go for try- to try and win the penalties, mm-hmm. take the three. Yeah. This would mean they wouldn't be able to... They'd have to either re-scrum, kick for the corner, or tap and go. Or if there was a limit to how far back you could walk. Well, so- no, just it goes from where it is. So, unless you're... Well... On the five meter line, would that encourage really... would that encourage teams to just give away penalties? Yeah. So here's what I would say to that: is if I was a defensive coach, I'd say everyone really get really tight in the middle, encourage them to go out, and then when they go out, give away the penalty. When they go wide, give away penalties out, out, out wide. Well, no, because if if it's going to be a deliberate penalty, if they so it, say you've got the upper hand from a scrum five yards out, yeah, and they're giving deliberate penalty after deliberate penalty, then it goes yellow card because mm-hmm. it's cynical play. And then it goes penalty try. Well, yeah. I mean, I prefer my rule, which is any penalty against you in your own five metre is an automatic yellow card. <laughs> you can do that. And I, I, I would like to see more yellow cards from, yeah. from this. But what, it, what I'd like to see is... So there's, there's times... There was one on Saturday where England got um, a penalty inside Argentina's 22. Mm-hmm. Well inside, but in between the five and the 15 metre towards the touchline and George Ford marched it 25 metres back and took the three whereas if you'd taken a scrum or a line out from there it's absolute prime attacking mm. ball and so it's all it is is to see more attacking ball I wonder if there could be a halfway house right between full penalty and free kick where the options are only scrum or line out well that that is what this rule does effectively from certain positions yeah but it's the same offence isn't it you have to categorise the offences uh, also if you think about more like, statistically offen- more difficult offences is like, that what we need if you heat mapped the pitch yeah there would be heat maps there'd be like hot spots where it's advantageous to give away penalties even though you've said yeah, it's going to end up in a yellow card it would definitely be more advantageous to give away a penalty in the corner or out wide close to your line which is a weird kind of way to be yeah, but it, anything cynical like that, I'm with you. Yellow card, yellow card. I think more yellow. I think more yellow cards for foul, for killing the ball, not for foul play or handbags in the five meter is the way forward. Hmm, it's interesting that you've gone from saying yellow cards are dangerous. 
no, I use the danger argument, just kind of, you know, have you bitten by your own snake? Oh, sorry. Um, I don't like yellow cards for basically distorting the spirit of the game when it gets a bit physical. Go, yellow card, it's dangerous, dangerous. No, do one. I'm going to change. Okay. Uh-oh. Change tack. I want to talk about that scrum on Saturday night. England-Argentina. England-Argentina when the scores were 31 all. Huh? What were they shouting? Can you remember? I don't know, but all I saw was 16 men pushing as hard as they could and it just (laughs) staying rock solid, staying strong and stable for a long, long, long time. Let me ask you this. Oh, long enough for me to get quite excited. Quite stable. (laughs) Um, So, let me ask you this. Who, Who is a psychopath going about? Who does not like watching this? Who who is it? Who doesn't so want I, no? That that was that, that scrum oh. is brilliant. I'm I I don't like the collapse scrum. Yeah, oh God. everyone Reset. Clean, clean their boots yeah, off. Yeah, let's get the mud off the bottom get of your up. boots. Let's have a let's have a bit of a. Oh, I've got yeah. oh, this is really hard. I need to have a few breaths. Let me water. take ages grabbing the shirt again and then getting the back down. Someone takes a knee, so the water comes on. Yeah, do that. Then do a minute and a half that. later, we've got another scrum. I would happily watch a minute collapse. and a half of oh. just that scrum. Yes, with, and it was. It felt like about a minute and a half. It was must have been a good 10, 15 seconds. Oh yeah, it was. It was quite a long time. Twenty-four seconds. Is it 24 seconds? I think so, yeah. Wow. Oh, so, no, it's not... Oh, the scrum seconds. lasted. It's a 24-second clip. Oh, so beautiful thing. the end of it. And, uh, well, let's start there with the international rugby roundup. then, as, as we as we look around. Um, England v Argentina, fantastic spectacle. Yeah. Both, team, both teams played played their part. Argentina should have won, and probably should have won comfortably. Uh, I'm going to slightly disagree with that. Argentina were in a dominant position, but only because of Denis Solomona. Because um, he, he came on, and within three minutes of him coming on, he'd missed three tackles, and England fell conceded over twice. two try. Yeah, fell over try twice from one of those tackles, and they conceded fourteen points because right. of him. Right. So obviously, I'm a big fan of Denny. I've been talking about him for a little while, um, and I think all of England owes a debt of gratitude to Steve Diamond for uh, producing Diamond's geezers. Yeah. Uh, Tom yeah, Curry. bringing him through the ranks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Academy uh, boy. Scout, scout. No, I, I want to thank. I want to thank the his his agent, his English parents who <laughs> raised him here. I want to thank his English well, school that that trained him here. I want to. I want to th- th- thank the English academy system for yeah. for bringing him through. Identify. I want to thank him. all of his English rugby clubs now, now, up to this now, point. Now, now, now. Uh, Oh, sorry. He's been play- he's been playing rugby union for six months. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Well, exactly. But you got to thank Steve Diamond for having the nerve to go out there and find this. Um, find stop. This stop trying <laughs> to crawl up inside. Come on. Come on. Uh, Tom Curry as well. He was outstanding. Well, I mean, uh, he did have a very promising game, and it's, promising. It, you had to remember the guy's eighteen years old. It's unreal that the it is unreal. The that, youngest debutant since Johnny Wilkinson. Yeah. And uh, youngest I, debutant in the forward since the 30s. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, amazing. I do think there's a and there's an element of context. Do you remember when Sam Burgess came over to rugby? And there was so much people were so excited about this guy that every time he did anything, his name would always get mentioned in commentary. There was an element of that where three people passed mm. the ball and they and they they never mm. said Danny Care, Tom Curry. It was. England going forward. Great pass by Tom Curry. I, every opportunity they got to mention everything he did, whatever it was. 
When, I'm, I'm with you on this, Tim. When David James played for the Lions as the only Welshman in the Welsh conference, Dion, David, Dion, Dion! <laughs> <laughs> it's like Wilkinson, Henderson, Dion, David, Dion! It, was, it was brilliant. Um, so, so, I mean, 18 years old is amazing, but I do think that just because he's 18, it's skewing the context and the hype and the the rate and sort of way that people are saying that he played. I, I don't. I don't think. I thought it was a legitimately good performance. If, and I think if, Shaw, if Chris Robshaw had put in that performance, we wouldn't be going. What a game by Chris Robshaw! What a game! Would. Well, but it's fine. He's I 18, actually, so it's amazing. I, I actually let's let's look at it. Who was playing on that game? Uh, Mark Wilson. That's who I want to talk about. Yeah, so yeah, completely. Mark agree. Wilson seems to have been held to a much higher standard yes. than Tom Curry because Agreed. he is twenty-five or twenty-six. He might be older than that, but actually, I think a lot of plaudits have come in for Mark, for Mark Wilson too. He was brilliant. I've not seen any highlight. I've seen a Tom Curry specific highlight video from that game, uh, well, in, which involved him doing just playing rugby for a lot yeah, of it. And I'm and I'm not knocking it. He's 18. It's phenomenal. He, and he had a good game, but yeah. I do feel like he's being held to a lower standard than a lot of the boys around him because it's remarkable. I mean, it, uh, the reason they're talking about, about Tom Curry like this is because it is genuine. And there's two of them. I mean, that's there are more. two of them. I mean, uh, you want to talk about manifest, uh, manifesto commitments? My um, Curry rule. If one of, they can both play together, but if one of them goes off, they both go off. Just kind of like cluster bots. Yeah, ice climbers from there's a, there's, uh, Smash there's, Brothers. There's exactly. a rugby app. I can't remember. What, I don't know what it is, but there's a rugby app that, for the picture, oh, it has it has profiles of players in it as a picture. Oh yeah, it's ultimate rugby. <laughs> ultimate rugby. And it's just got the two of them because they they don't know which is which. So the for both of them, they've yeah. just got both of them in the picture. <laughs> Tell you what, having two of them is great. Um, yeah, I think the reason that he got so many plaudits is because it was a genuinely remarkable performance when you consider everything involved. And that's that. Mark Wilson. Um, I thought his performance was extremely mature. He didn't look out of place at all. In fact, he looked like exactly the player that we thought he was. And yeah. We've been talking about the Yeah, he looked like the guy that was in the years. premiership. He, was, he looked like the guy that was the best in his position in the Vici Premiership this yeah. season. So um, yeah. no surprise there that no surprise there that he did well. The other guy who was interesting was Piers Francis. I keep wanting to call him Piers Morgan. Piers Francis looked really, really good. I mean, did this guy come from Edinburgh? He did play a little bit at Edinburgh, and apparently it was rubbish. Yeah, from one of our friend of the pod who is an Edinburgh fan. Yeah, so he probably wasn't very good there. I went to, to Blues kind of did all right but he looked really really good he did Lo- you know, lovely touches and uh, of course it, Slade played um, how do you how do you describe Slade's performance Phil um, feast and famine I would say he did some magnificent things the step and the grubber for the try oh. a couple of his offloads were brilliant he also had a few missed tackles a few knock-ons and yeah. a very 12 Trees-esque, double ma- two-man miss pass straight into touch. So, do you remember when England beat Wales at Twickenham a few years ago? Jamie Roberts was playing in the field, and, and opposite him was Luther Burrell and somebody else. And England won. And the first try... Jonathan Joseph. Nope. It was. And the, the first one? try was via a little, a, a little chip through. Who, who was at 12. Barrett? No, it was Billy Twelve Trees. Was Slade it? is slowly becoming Billy Twelve Trees in front, <laughs> in front of our eyes. I'm not having this. You, you gave, you wrote Henry Slade off the other week. I didn't write him off. You said Ollie Devoto's better. Yes, I agree with that. Well, no, I completely I disagree. And the Slade train, the Slade train well, is is chugging. The Slade train is chugging. Uh, I think Ollie Devoto is a more round, more rounded player. 
and a bit more composed under pressure. I controls the game better. I loved seeing three playmakers in an England midfield. It felt very Southern Hemisphere, very Australian. It's, it also felt incredibly frenetic. Yeah. That, that game was But it made, made for a really entertaining it, game. God, it did. It, it was chaos. It was beautiful to watch when you know there's nothing on the line. Yeah. I'd hate to watch that in a pressure game. That midfield was a coalition of chaos. <laughs> it was a coalition. <laughs> so, right, let's just go back to Denny a second. Here's what I don't understand. And we can talk about Watson in the same breath. And I've spoken about it before. But why are some players preferred over others? Denny Salomona has got pros and cons, as you've spoke about him. I'm not going yeah. through. Why? Why not Wade? I why know Rocket Dagoonie. His why? Yeah, Rocket Dagoonie and Wade have the same limitations. Yeah, I, exactly. that's it's. I ca- I cannot in my head work that out because he wants to give him a cap to ring f- ring fencing for England. Basically, is that I mean, it? But, but maybe. Why? I mean. Because you ring- 26, 27? 25, 24? Yeah, yeah 23, 24, okay, so Solomon. There's a lot of tre- uh, tread but, on the tyres, yeah. yeah. But the, So, yeah, he's got a lot of years ahead of him, but why cap him now unless you're genuinely worried that he's going to play for either of the two places which he has... Said that he... he, he well, um, when, when, he ruled, to- when he ruled out playing for England six months ago and said, it, I would never play for England, it's Samoa or New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. So... Samoa is going to be better for the game overall yep. if he played for them. Yeah, but he's going to make no money. Yeah. yeah. And so zero, prob- zero oh, don't, don't get me wrong. Let, let me just reiterate for anyone who thinks that I'm hating on him. I would have done exactly what Denis Solomon yeah. does. I do not begrudge him doing it whatsoever. I hate the fact that the laws exist that he can. But anyway. Yeah. Sorry. But he, he's never going to go to New Zealand. There's no way no. that he... Even if he was playing in New Zealand, he'd be maybe 10th choice winger. Well, we don't know until he goes and does it. Do you, th- do you think he's even going to do, do no, it? No, because he's you know happily settled over here. He's got an English family. You know, for all the nonsense about oh he's you know coming over here taking our jobs. Um, you know, he's actually set- <laughs> he is actually actually set- actually settled over here. Uh, the more frustrating thing is why are the other lads not getting yeah, a shout? That is they the frustrating thing. Doing the hard graft for years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't just mean it for your England team. I also mean it in terms of um, in terms of England. Uh, so Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Oh, in terms of Lions, like we're watching um, Anthony Watson. I'm thinking, like, what does Rocket Dooney not offer on the wing compared to? 
Oh, I don't think I don't think Rocco not being there means that Anthony Watson shouldn't. As I said, Anthony, no, I Anthony Watson, I think, has been the best back three player on tour so far. Yeah, but if you ask Bath fans, they will tell you that Rocco Guni is the best Bath th- back three player in Bath. Yeah, and the best back three player in the league, which yeah. a lot of the stats uh, it's, it's would like also double point, the amount of yards point. made um, in the league compared to anyone else. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. But it's uh, again impressive for England that with I mean they did have a, a core of their regulars, but. With that, yeah, and by the way, with the that side the, to beat Argentina away is no mean feat. No, and the core of regulars, can I just say, didn't even do that well. I mean, well, Mike Brown in particular. Brown, Yard, May. Yard, Yard did well, actually. Brown and May didn't do well. For, Ford was brilliant. Kerr, hit and miss. Launchbury, very good. Nathan Hughes, very good. Nathan Dylan Hughes Hartley. is just as good at hitting as he is at running, and that's saying something. Yeah. His hits are magnificent. Nathan Hughes was brilliant. Dylan Hartley, I thought, was the worst player on the pitch. Really? Yeah. In what way? Uh, weak carrying. He got smashed back a few times. He had the ball stripped off him and hit off him a few times. His line-out was very good, which it always is. Mm. Um, but his work around the park was... Yeah, not great. It's a pretty high standard set by hookers nowadays for work on the park. I mean, you can't be average, let's put it that way. Did you see uh, Malcolm Marks? Yes, I did. His work on the park, his carrying, his strength and his hits are incredible. He's very that's, good. I mean, that's the standard that you you have to have for an international hooker these days. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, just look at the guys. The Lions have t- taken Ken Owens, Jamie George, Rory Best, all do very good work around the park. They do. Although, arguably, not one of them is as good as Hartley in, in set-piece. In the, th- in the throw. Certainly in the yeah. throw, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you, are, you are right. And that, that probably uh, covers up a lot of weaknesses for Hartley at the moment. Well, best news of all, they get to do it again next week. They do. That's, that would be brilliant. But can they find a better stadium? I like that stadium. It's a Mad Max cage on <laughs> raw, some some beaten concrete. If that was anywhere other than South America, you'd be like, "What is this place?" It's brutal, and there's weeds growing out of like this uh, yeah. on the edge of the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> and but I love the because it's a football stadium. They've got the like, got, barbed wire fence. It's it's all, all the way around the pitch. Absolutely, brutal. <laughs> it, it's like it's like if the UFC d- designed a rugby pitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, Running Man, the Running Man, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film. I can't, I can't say. I, I remember watching it. Oh, it's like a little bit like that. Uh, should we move on to the next game? Well, I tell you what, I will break up uh, the games with a tour story. Oh, please Ooh. do. We're doing all these extra podcasts throughout the Lions tour, and I just want to say thank you very much to Raging Bull for doing so. They've got mm. some wonderful leisure wear at RagingBull.co.uk. In fact, they've got a brand new. Uh, loading. Phil Vickery was was uh, having a photo shoot with some uh, with some fine strapping chaps. I don't know why he doesn't book us to do that. We could do that. <laughs> we can model. We can yeah, mo- we can exactly. model their new range of blazers, chinos, shirts, polo shirts, all the rest of it. Uh, but you can get a fifteen percent discount at RagingBull.co.uk uh, if you go to our Twitter page at Rugby Podcast. There is there is details there, link and a code. Otherwise, all you need to do is take the code Egg fifteen. For a fifteen percent discount, go and fill your boots. So, um, I've been asking because it's the Lions tour for tour stories, and uh, we've had some brilliant ones. And this, I want you to email this to contacteggchasers at gmail dot com with your tour story, like Marcus has done. Uh, Marcus said, "Hi guys, on tour with my old club in Rimini, Italy. Once our fly half, Richard." 
once he gets a few into him, he rapidly turns into his alter ego, Dicky. <laughs> <laughs> We've all played with people that <laughs> more more than a few. Yeah, more than a few. the guy I I played with who was a nightmare on the beers. Go on, carry on. On the way back to the hotel on our first night, a group of us crossed the road at some traffic lights. At this point, J- Dicky decides to jump on the back of a, the transit van uh, that was stopped at the red light. He was last seen, arms outstretched, holding on for dear life, screaming for help as it sped off into the distance. As you'd expect from teammates who know what what that one particular mate is like, we shrugged our shoulders and carried on back to the hotel. The next day, he still hadn't been seen and all our rooms were checked, but there was neither hide nor hair of him. By the time we needed to leave for the tournament we were playing in, we were down our numbers. We were down one number for our tens tournament. Halfway through the second game, a taxi pulls up and out, ju- out jumps Richard, having spent 100 euros to make it to the ground. Turns out he'd made it back to the hotel, didn't know what room he was in, so went up to the attic where he found a dodgy old mattress and kicked on that. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow <laughs> over, sleeping through the noise of 45 hungover blokes departing from a small hotel. Um, this was after Gestapo-like questioning from the hotel manager. Um, to be fair, someone had done a blowback with the budgie in reception, resulting in its sad demise. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he took like a Teen Wolf ride on top of a van, uh, and then f- killed the budgie, slept through a tournament. So my little brother did something similar to this on my stag, which was he went missing, but like a real man would, instead of actually getting back to his hotel he phoned my mum right, <laughs> in the middle of the night to find out which hotel we were staying at in Budapest and like a man um, he decided to run his battery down on, on his phone so he got back back, back, to the, back to the hotel couldn't find his room slept in the laundry room right but in the meantime my poor mother was so worried about my little brother. She woke up. The my last dad. she heard, he, her her baby boy was yeah. was on his own in Budapest, not knowing how to get anywhere, and then his phone was dead. Young, yeah. Youngest Beardmore son. So she woke my dad up and made him go to his office to look through all of his emails to see if he received an email <laughs> from my other brother to see um, where where we were staying. So my dad was up at like three thirty in in the morning trying to get the hotel for the hotel name in Budapest. <laughs> Meanwhile, my other little brother that weren't missing lost. Fifty percent of his hearing on. on oh on yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. What? Yeah. yeah. Do you not know this? How did he lose his hearing? He he to this day claims he doesn't know. Right. You don't forget how you lose fifty percent <laughs> of your hearing. The um the consultant said last time we saw hearing loss like, like this was a guy who came back from Afghanistan. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's a good stag do. Yeah, he's good. You're at the cricket, Tim. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, France, South so, Africa. Yeah, so thank you. So uh, ra- your Raging Bull tour story, uh, oh, yeah. contact chasers at gmail.com. Email, go. Uh, yes, next game. Well, France, South Africa, we touched on it briefly. Um, I think the big one will be next weekend yeah. when France have all their players back. So South Africa won by 23 points. Scored some nice tries, but when France have a, f- a few more, a few of those big hitters from Clermont and Toulon, it will be a little bit more interesting. Yeah, during the final, I was watching, um, is it Cholly? Cho- Cholly, Damien Cholly. Damien Cholly. Cholly. I was just watching this guy marauder on the field. I thought, he alone is worth at least one win at Six Nations. <laughs> he must be. Yeah. He's an incredible player. Um, so, hmm... The, the interesting thing about this to me was two things. First of all, can you ever imagine when you were a kid saying num- teams number six and seven in the world are going to be France and South Africa? Yeah. Amazing, I was I was thinking about that 
during this game and kind of hoping that these two sort their acts out. Yeah. Which I think they... <clears throat> well, certainly France, we've seen some positive signs, but whether that can continue, I have no idea. Um, and South Africa, there were certainly some positive signs in this game. I mean, Malcolm Marks, who I mentioned before, was brilliant. Uh, and Yantes is looking more and more like a test fly half. Yeah, very, very creative guy. Um, Whiteley as captain was very good. And Ross Cronje. Um, the young scrum off. The scrum half. Is he young? I'd say young. He doesn't look young. He doesn't look particularly young. I don't know how old he is, but the Lions scrum half. I'm very worried that he is super, uh, superseded Faf. Well, I think he's the scrum half that Diamond will have wished he could have signed instead of Faf. Cause he, he has like he's he's really fast, great hands, reads the game well, runs well, uh, with all of which are things that Faf has in fits and starts. Whereas this guy seems to offer well, the no, consistency no, he, as well. He, he can run fast, he gets breakdowns <laughs> quickly, but what he does with that ball at the breakdown, I mean, that's a lottery. Well, yeah, that's that's the point. He's spinning he it. He can do it. He can do it one time in five. Yeah. Whereas this guy seems to do it five times out of five. Uh, I'm not looking. <laughs> I can see it's going horribly wrong. Um, yeah, it will be interesting when France get their players back. Um, yes. It, it, although it is good to see South Africa get, kind of get on track, and I kind of wonder, you know, for all the criticism he came in for during the autumn was it was it a fairly shrewd move to keep the coach I mean it couldn't get any worse for him could it uh, yeah I mean there's probably a few players who said um, Ackerman's who's going to Gloucester yep why not put, throw him in there yeah um, bit of politics on that yeah, I guess maybe, so. But yeah, like, maybe. You know, like I say, it couldn't get any worse. And they, you know, if they win two games against France, they're set up nicely to go into the Tri Nations. And I don't think Argentina or or Australia are going to be up to much. You, you're probably right. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? Eh? Well, playing um, Australia next week is Scotland. Yep. Who That'll en- be interesting to see where they're up to. Yeah, Scotland enjoyed a very good win. Against, By the way, against two Italy. of the best tries that you'll see all season. Uh, well. Alongside the four, or th- yeah, the four brilliant tries from the Argentina England game, there were two or three from the Scotland game. That I don't think there was a better try than that Maitland one. Maitland, yes. I'm going to Finn Russell's two. Is it two kicks? And again, this game was demonstrating the depth of New Zealand rugby. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland v Italy was highlight. It was was a further demonstration of the depth of New Zealand rugby. Just there you go. That's. That's that. Enough, enough said there. Finn Russell, um, um, Finn Russell was. We saw the good Finn Russell. The, we, saw, uh, we saw the the best Finn Russell. We saw yes, some brilliant saw. stuff from Finn Russell. Um, you said the Maitland try. Sorry, um, Visser. Visser try. Yes, uh, I know the one you mean with the double. Yeah, yeah. Chip uh, over. Visser and Maitland are interchangeable for me. <laughs> They're pretty much the same person. Um, um, yeah, it was inc- it was incredible. It started in their own twenty-two. Well, from what I remember, it started in their own tw- twenty-two. There was the, yeah, there was that try, and, the and one, then the the repeat offloads. Oh, that was like five stunning. offloads yeah, with then the out the back door from Finn Russell for Ross Ford. What do you think of it being played in um, Kuala Lumpur? Uh, it was Singapore, but was it? Yeah, sorry, Singapore. Close enough. Yeah. Um, so well, do you know what the attendance was to the stadium? I'm going to guess seven thousand. And what was the stadium? Don't know. Thirty, forty. 
I think it was 54,000 it held and it was eight and a half. Oh, oh no. But Scotland are very used to, or certainly the Edinburgh players are very used to that. <laughs> in playing yeah, it's competitive advantage, I guess. Just like slightly more humid Murrayfield. <laughs> Does that undermine the, the the idea of doing it? I mean, it's good to reach out and that's, I, yeah. that's eight and a half no. thousand people that wouldn't have seen a game. But No, not when you consider that Italy has got pretty much no... Um, Absolutely no presence in Singapore, and, there's a, and a few expats. And then, yeah. meanwhile, in Australia, they've only managed to muster thirteen thousand to watch a game. I don't see the point of this game. It, well, to, to, no, no the, the Singapore, not the Singapore part. I completely see the point in that. But what is the point of Scotland playing Italy? I just don't understand that. If Scotland and Italy weren't playing each other, who would they play? I mean, if one well, of them is playing Australia, then that means Fiji can't. Who play are Georgia Australia. playing? Georgia played Canada. Played Canada because they've they've gone to North no one, America. No one played Samoa. They're not. Well, Samoa could do with the game, I guess, but Tonga had the All Blacks. No, have yeah. the All Blacks. Well, is that next week? Next week. So, I guess they could do that. I just it's, It feels weird playing a team that you've played a few months ago. The point of the Autumn Internationals and the Summer Internationals <laughs> is you go to different areas of the globe and play teams that you don't play. I guess, but like last year, and I was highly critical of this, Wales played England, didn't they, before they set off on tour? Yeah, I really dislike that. And England played Wales before the World Cup. I hated that as well. Yeah, I'm not a yeah. fan of warm-up games at all. Yeah, England normally... So they didn't do it in 2015 because they're in this, their groups, but they normally have a big money fixture against Wales before the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It, yeah. They're, they're, those two unions are far more in cahoots than anyone realises. We, we just need to preserve the again because you just kind of dilute the interest in the no, games that you do. I've got to say, I am actually for the game in not call them in Singapore oh, I'm all for it that just, it just makes sense all for that who's who's playing in there yeah I can see that but actually a lot, you know, these test windows are so much more interesting now because there are so many more teams playing Georgia Georgia in in, in, uh, in, in the United States Romania were playing Japan, Japan. you know um, there were 22,000 people in the Red Bull Arena in um, the States to watch brilliant. USA v Island yeah absolutely brilliant that was great that's good and yeah. USA put up a good show, made a good account of themselves as well yeah, yeah. It's got three tries as well, yeah. I didn't, which is, is good. I didn't watch this game, but I was following it closely on cl- closely on Twitter. Yeah, I've seen, I've caught up with all of the tries. Um, Keith Earls played pretty well. Stockdale finished a good try. Marmion finished a good try. It, it kind of went exactly as you'd expect. Stockdale was the was the lad in last year's under twenties. In fact, I need to. Um, I, I'll. I will on the next podcast. I will give you a little. I'll give you my breakdown of the because I haven't got the list of names, but I've been keeping a list of names from the under twenties that have Ooh. that have impressed me. But I remember last year we were raving about Joe Marchant. Yeah, we were raving about Harry Malinder. Yeah, who we already knew about from Avicii. We were raving about um, there's a couple of the Stockdale, the fullback for Ireland, and the yep. number and the number eight for Ireland as well. And Keelan Giles. Yeah, and St- Stockdale. Oh no, Keelan Giles had already been moved into the Welsh squad and wasn't wasn't playing. But anyway. But- um, and, Stock, and, Stockdale uh, and for Ulster has been Stockdale for Ulster and Geordie uh, and uh, Geordie Barrett as well was the other one. So oh, it, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant proving ground for for these players. So we're at the semi-final stage, and I think England have got who have England got in the, in the semi-final? Is it Australia? They, they beat Australia. No, they beat Australia in the quarters. In the quarters. It's South Africa. South Africa, I think, in the semis. Yeah. So it's well, well worth keeping an eye out for those games as well. Yeah, and the the England Australia game was a, a brilliant game. Yeah. Um, it's all all the highlights are available on World Rugby's website, which is worth checking out. World Rugby are good. They are. We, good. we are very lucky to have a governing body like World Rugby. They communicate. Their, their communication is outstanding, <laughs> and the <laughs> way is. they spread their stuff. Anyway, so Scotland, 
yeah, a good, really exciting performance. It was good attacking rugby, which uh, is the start of Gregor Townsend's reign, isn't it? It is. It's what we, hope, yeah. what we hoped we'd see. And I hope they get something out of these Australia games um, that they've got. I think they've got two two tests against Australia. Hmm. I'm uh, not sure. One apiece would be nice because I want to see Scotland improve, but I don't want to see the death of, Austra- of Australian rugby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think you will. I think it's quite... <laughs> these things are always cyclical. It was interesting. I was at a wedding last weekend. It was a Australian and English wedding, and I found a couple of Aussie guys to have a, a chat with and talk rugby. And they were they they were primarily they were Queenslanders, primarily rugby league lads, but mm. had played a lot of union recently and certainly more recently. And they were bemoaning the fact that in Australia, there's a huge amount of money being put in at low grassroots level into. AFL and NRL, yep, the other codes, and virtually no money at all being put into union. Who puts and the money in though? The well, who puts the money in for NRL and AFL? Don't know who, who, the, who does the league, the governing body. Well, okay, so um, on Green and Gold, they talk about this all the time that there's no, no like no development at grassroots. Yeah, the RFU are superb at doing this. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to set up a minis team or you want to set up a local team. A guy in a one series will show up with a rose on his car and they'll give you give a, you all of the kit you need. Yeah, is that they're absolutely brilliant? Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe there's maybe something in that. So and they were also then saying that they're getting they're getting some NRO players, but it tends to be the kind of Mid-level NRL players, yeah, the, be- so, the best ones, there just is not enough money to get them across. Yeah, so they get other than f- perhaps uh, Falau. They get over these big money signings, but actually the the union's not making any cash. Yeah, so it's really really difficult. Shall we talk about um, another competition not making cash? If we finish off off the um, the, the internationals, <laughs> go on. There's, then. A, there's a lot of those in world rugby around around the place in world rugby. A lot of competitions not making a lot of cash. Well, let's talk about one in particular, two in particular actually. Pro 12 and Super Rugby. They, yep. So. Pro 12, I've been a little bit critical of. I don't know if I made... I'm not sure if this is on record. I'm not picking that those vibes. Oh, I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I will add this to it. You know, like recently, the playoffs in particular have been a showcase for what the, what the competition could and should be. Yes. It should be an incredible competition. Sadly, it's not. For lots of reasons I'm not going to go, go, go into. Meanwhile, on the other side of the globe, the other hemisphere, you have a competition which was incredible, yep. Super Rugby. Like I think for a long time, the best competition to watch for a long, long time. Oh, if you'd have said, even a few, until a few years ago, what were the Premiership Pro 12 Top 14 aspiring to be? Yeah. It's probably, most of them would have said Super Rugby teams. Completely, completely agree. Uh, and probably the high watermark was when Crusaders came over here and played the Sharks in a 67-52 game or something. It was just <laughs> phenomenal. Anyway, things haven't gone so well for the Super Rugby teams and they are ditching two of their 15. Sorry, uh, two three, of their... Three of their 18. Yeah, sorry, three of their 18. Yes. To go back to 15, which is the most... Well, that's good. Order. That's important. Sometimes you make decisions and this happens in business, it happens yeah. in life, it happens wherever. You make decisions and having this, the, the ability to show a bit of humility, to recognise where you make mistakes and reverse things if need be, mm-hmm. is is important. And I, I commend Super Rugby for not blindly clinging on to something which they, which because they're so invested in it, which does happen quite a lot. Absolutely. So, yeah. what do you think is going to happen to the two South African teams who have left Super Rugby? Well, they'll just surely they'll just dissolve them and the players will find one of the other f- 
franchises elsewhere or else if they're not good enough they'll play the tier below which is the Curry Cup still a good quality competition well, that's what one would have thought but instead it looks like they've been invited to join the Pro 12 this is they claim they're not but the Pro 12 people in the Pro 12 claim the invitation has been extended I've certainly seen there has definitely been a, a, an invitation extended to the Cheetahs right so I mean Southern still Kings- a little bit grey because like you say Tim not everyone's giving a consistent response to right. this. Yeah. So the Southern Kings, um, I'm not sure I'd want the Southern Kings in Cheshire 1, quite frankly, let alone <laughs> Pro 12. They're an absolute mess. Um, cheaters, uh, maybe there's some, maybe there's something, things to go with here. What kind of lunatic wants to take two South African teams who aren't good enough for Super Rugby and then bolt them on to Pro 12? Um with the distances as well. I mean, you've been to South Africa recently. It's it's not close. It's, it's certainly not close. Uh, so let's just think about this. Super Rugby's reason for expansion was to uh, was was financial. More games, more TV money, getting into more territories in the world. TV yeah. money. Uh, that's it was it was a financially driven decision, which mm-hmm. which hasn't really worked, and the quality of the competition has been compromised. Uh, Pro 12, this is just, they make, the Pro 12 TV money is tiny compared to the Avicii. Yeah, and the top 14. Uh, top 14. Yeah. It's tiny. It does not compete. And then that filters down into the the spending power, the clout that players have, uh, that's, sorry, that teams have. Yeah, which is why they're using the, prof- the, the national teams as basically a weapon to keep them into the, in the Pro 12. Yeah. So... I do understand the business perspective of saying, well, South Africans like their rugby. We could get a slice of TV money from there, which would help us compete. I, I completely get it. But it just it just feels... And there's, there's talk of an, an, an American team. Houston, is it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is Houston just ludicrous. Side. Yeah, it? it's bonkers. Houston? Houston and bloody Johannesburg or you know, wherever the cheaters <laughs> are. It is so stupid. It is off the... It is off the chart stupid. If you want to develop a new team, develop one in Germany. You know, rich, um, richer country has a bit of history play, playing rugby. How hard? How hard could, could it possibly be? But to fly the cheaters, what do you do for away games? Um, there's so many questions. There's more questions than actually answers here. I mean, what do you do about cur- cur- what do you do about currency exchange? What, uh, there's so much stuff go- going on. Flying them over to Ireland isn't exactly easy. And have they not learnt from? Again, there's no appetite to go and watch games as a spectator or watch it on the TV. Frankly, when you're when the, when it doesn't feel like a like a, a niggly match or a grudge match or a, yeah. a rival match, and the, and the, uh, Pro Twelve is at its best in the playoffs when you have great teams with really good players, and in the in the, the ga- rival, in the yeah. games where there's something that feels like yeah. there's something really good. So on when it. yeah, and I'll give you an example of when it doesn't work. When it doesn't work is when the Welsh teams are going, you know, um, ha- hammer and tongue at each other. And then the Scottish teams have the slogan "more than just a game," and they're playing the Italian teams because there's nothing on it. No one cares. On yeah, on half of the derby weekends, yeah, of the season when Edinburgh travelled to Treviso, more than just a game. So it's just. I mean, I hope this doesn't happen. If 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 South Africans want to fold their teams, that's on them. But uh, it's certainly not for the pros to pick up the pieces and take the least successful parts of Super Rugby and incorporate <laughs> them into the least successful league in the, in the yeah. Well, we will watch that one with interest, but I think we've all we've pretty much unanimously stuck our colours to the mast on that. Yes. Tell us what you think on on that subject. Uh, what what the games were there? I 
there's no no more rugby that I've actually seen. Really? Um, that's everything I've that, seen. I mean, yeah. we haven't spoken about Japan, uh, Romania. Japan won that. Georgia beat it. Canada in Canada 13-0. Yep. Uh, uh, what else was there? Yeah, that, that's about it. Well, let's look ahead to the British and Irish Lions next game then, which is the Tuesday ga- game against the Highlanders. Oh, I've just played our Leo Vegas music. That's all right. Play it. Let the music play. So, our Leo Vegas bet of the week is... British and Irish Lions going to the Highlanders. Hmm. So, the British and Irish Lions team is out. Highlanders team is not out. Do we it is. Know what to... Oh, is it? It is. Oh, well... Come on, then. G- give us the runners and riders. Let's... let's... So, well, from the Lions' point of view, as much as previewing the game, it's interesting to sort of dissect where we think Warren Gatlin's head is at in relation to the squad, because this is the midweek game. The next game on Saturday, as as Phil pointed out earlier, is the New Zealand Maori, which is going to be a brutal match and a, and a really good test. So, sorry, can I just interrupt? Is the Chiefs midweek next week then? Yeah. And then Hurricanes are in between tests? Yeah. Yes. Ugh. So th- those Chiefs and Hurricanes will almost certainly not include any of the the All Blacks. No, because the All Black squads, as of today, the All Black squad are together Yes. as a squad. No so way. none of the All Blacks will be involved in any of these games now. Okay. Uh, because they've got because well and this is one this makes it even harder for the Lions. The All Blacks have that warm up game that we talked about, which they don't normally have because you can quite often catch them cold on Test One. Hmm. But they're playing Tonga. Tonga, which you're going to imagine is going to be a cricket score. Yes. Um, so yeah, the Highlanders are missing a fair few players, including Ben Smith and Aaron Smith. Ben Smith. Aaron Smith. Liam Squire. That's um, just Liam Squire. Squazzy. Um, so I can't help but think uh, they're missing Elliot Dixon as well. Um, Elliot Duxon. So I can't help but feel this is going to be uh, a Lions win, even though it's... Pro- well, I say it's not the strongest team. I look look at this team and I'm actually quite positive. I actually quite like it. I like the combinations. I mean, you've got to really go some, haven't you, um, to to have a bad Lions team? Well, it's interesting. I mean, so they're all the best in their, in their respective nations. That Blues game, I had... Less of a positive feeling than I, I do about this game. I think this will be another Lions victory. Go on, r- run us through the team briefly then. Let's so Lions is we're sticking with block front rows. So we've got Marla, Best, Sinclair. Right. Second row. The only one there I think could make it into onto the test. Better no bench onto the test bench is probably Sinclair. I that could be a test bench. You reckon? I think. I, I think. I think England's coming off the bench for Owens. The, oh, may, maybe best. Maybe yeah. best off the bench of the tests. I was thinking McGrath, Owens, Sinclair. So yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, wrong. maybe that is. But I've got the Highlanders. They've got Waisaki Naholo, Malakai Fekitoa. Those two are playing. So Fekitoa yeah. isn't in Sapuanga. So Sapuanga and Fekitoa. Uh, well, sorry, Fekitoa isn't in the All Black squad. Right. Um, Sopoanga is, but it looks like his third choice. Um, and Naholo is, uh, but I think he needs some fitness, some game oh. time. So they have got a few players. So those three, Sopoanga, Naholo, Fekitoa, are very handy players. But they are miss- it feels like they're missing more than they, 
they have from their overall team. Yeah, because their actual pack doesn't look... It doesn't look too... Actually, too... Too uh, too short of players, actually. In fact, the whole team looks broadly okay. There's who, very few of that pack that I reckon. So who are the Lions' second row? Is, is Marrow in there clapping them to death? No. No. Uh, it is Laws and Henderson. Hendo. And importantly... Uh, Alan Wynne Jones is on the bench, which might mean that Marrow is lined up to start this weekend. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought I, th- I was thinking it was going to be Cruz Nitoji for the first test, and then Alan Wynne put in quite a good performance at the weekend. He really did. He did. Um, yeah. Which made me think, but. Hmm. I mean, if there's one t- partnership you don't need any more game tape off it's cru- <laughs> yeah. cruising in Toji yeah and also if there's one area of the team not only we talked about the depth of, of the second row for the Lions but if there's one area of the team where everyone has played well because Hendo and Laws have done nothing wrong they've, yeah. they've been solid so Hendo and Laws in the second row two, two very very good players and offer a whole host of things then the back row is interesting so it's Haskell 6 Warburton 7 Stander 8 yeah uh, Webb and Bigger, obviously a, a tried and tested halfback pairing. Mm-hmm. Then Henshaw and Jonathan Joseph in the centres. Both boys are going to be desperate to, pro- to prove themselves. Yeah, if they think so, if we're saying that this is more of a midweek team, those two really, really want to put, put their yourself, hands up. Put yourself in their position, right? Yeah, you're desperate to prove yourself. Who is the fly half you'd most least most <laughs> least like to play with? Most least least like to play with. Yeah. Um, probably bigger probably definitely bigger I'd love to be playing outside Finn Russell on the form he was on at the weekend (laughs) or George Ford the form he was on at the weekend exactly (laughs) Carlos Spencer yeah Yeah. Dan Bigger no no Dan Bigger will play brilliantly and he'll he'll chip and chase for himself yeah it'd be Dan who who, who are the other ones you wouldn't want to play play next to Butch Um, James yeah Butch James uh, (laughs) Stephen Myler uh, Kelly Haimoina, whatever it was, <laughs> crash, crash ball 10 for Italy. So, uh, yeah, good luck, boys. Mm. Um, then, uh, back three. Again, I quite like the back three. Tommy Seymour, Jack Knoll, and Jared Payne. Now, Seymour. The Payne train. Seymour. Seymour, I think, is going to come good soon because he's very good at chasing high balls, very busy, that kind of thing. And I think that's worth so much. He better come good in this game or there's, yeah. there's zero chance. I think, uh, who So who out of, realistically, right, because any of them could, theoretically, but realistically at this point, who could play themselves into a test jersey with a, with a big Webb. performance on Tuesday? Webb, yes. Hens- Henshaw and Jonathan Joseph. So I, think, I firmly believe those two. I think the centre yeah, spots are one still of the, up one, for grabs. One of those, one of those could. Yeah, I would say mm-hmm. the wingers, Seymour and Noel. One of them could definitely. Oh, definitely. One of them could. And Jared Payne, given that Hog is going to have a scan, and they're worried about a fractured eye socket. Oh, he's going to bloody pick half penny above him, hasn't he? That's why he's. Oh. He, he, but I, see, you say, oh, like it's a bad thing. The guy was man of the series last time round, and he played pretty well when he came on. I mean, he's a good player. In the in the pack, so Sam Warburton's going to be definitely for the test team. I think CJ Stander is playing for that number six shirt. Hmm. I think Fallatow and Warburton are pretty nailed on yep. Brian Warburton's fit, and then Omani O'Brien. Stander. Who would you have? I'd probably go Sean O'Brien. Obviously, I'm wearing my Leinster vest. Tim? 
Peter Armani. Peter Armani. Would you? Hundred percent. Yeah, and then stand her on the bench. It's the. I just think uh, again, matching up against New Zealand, they love quick ball, and so you want to slow it down. And so Peter Armani, it's not like a pooper where you're going two out and out. Yeah, kind of open side to try and do that, but Warburton and Omani doing that groundwork, and then also the line-out threat to disrupt that pack. And yeah. again, against six All Blacks for Canterbury Crusaders, their line-out was a mess. You know, the thing is as well. Yeah, I mean, with those with Warburton and Omani playing, do they do do they do too many too similar things? Because Warburton gives you line-out options too. I'll tell you what they don't do this. Oh, what they're very different on. Uh, Warburton and Falatau could arguably be too nice and Omani has a bit of mongrel about him he most certainly does yeah he most certainly does well, do we read any do we think that fine Sam Warburton is fit and I know that New Zealand is rating very highly there's a fly in this room which is really annoying <laughs> sorry uh, mate that's alright it's fine um, but uh, is there an element where we think it, could this be an indication that he has to play himself into the, sat- the the weekend team or is he just kind of there to get fit again and he'll be fine and he'll be in so uh, they'll play him for half a match and then pull him off yeah I think or, it's more sorry take him off <laughs> I think it's more <laughs> a function many, of timing how many back rows do you have on a bench typically one one one. unless you're playing a 5-2 split or unless you have a player like Hendo or, six, Hendo six, or Marrow who could cover second row back so row so Hendo yeah. to me is an ideal bench player Stander is an ideal bench player Sinclair is an ideal bench player. There's so many guys that I'd want on that bench to come on and make an impact for the last 30. Yeah, Ken Owens. Bloody hell, yeah. Yeah, Ken Owens, Jack Carl McGrath Sinclair. Or, or Marler. Yeah. yeah, Marler or McGrath. Yeah. Owens, that's why I pick Owens over best. Yeah, I so, think you're right. Sinclair so impact, McGraw second, second row impact, potentially it's Marrow off the bench. Yeah. So I think... Because he can cover that position. And then probably someone like Sean O'Brien or CJ, or CJ, probably CJ Stander. So how about bench. this? McGraw starts, Mako off the bench. Imagine bringing those boys on with 30 minutes to go. But the thing is, though, Mako can has shown it time and time again. He can do it for 60, 70 minutes. He can be that. And if you're picking, if you're picking a guy carry. like Peter Romani over Sean O'Brien or CJ Stander at six, then the ball carrying of Mako becomes more important. More important. Mm, that's true. Yeah. But just imagine bringing on all those ball carriers in one in one. Yeah, go. but, well, yeah. And just one thing on that, actually. We'll, we will get into it as we get towards the, the tests, but... Actually, playing uh, Sexton and Farrell both starting allows you to go for a six-two split. So it allows you to have more forward yeah. options. Ooh, that's interesting. Because you don't need a second, bo- so you just have a scrum half and an outside back. Yeah. Someone like Daly, for example, who can play centre. Deal. Yeah, with oh, the pace yeah. and multiple positions. Yeah, I go. wonder if he'll start at the weekend though against the Maori mm. on the wing. So let's have a, uh, let's have your points predictions, boys. Ugh. Lions by nine. Highlanders by five. So Lions are going to win, and they're going to win reasonably handsomely. I think they're going to score a few tries. Ooh! And they're going to win by tries. twelve points. So Tim by nine. Me Highlanders by five. Lions by 12. Wow. There you go. Get to leovegas.com. Get involved. Now, one thing I will just mention, uh, not specifically for this game, but a, a lovely chap called Gavin Graham has got in touch and sent me some incredible analysis of the 
All Blacks squad and the Maori squad. Mm-hmm. Um, the players, so the players' statistical performance based on their Super Rugby games this season. Should we do this Some later in the week? Really, we should do previewing this. I just the Maori say, game. But yeah, yes, go on. I just want to say big thanks to Gavin Graham because it's a hell of a piece of work, and we will look at it for the first time in any depth ahead of next weekend's uh, Maori game against oh, the Lions. Good, such a tease, Phil. Such a tease. <laughs> but yeah, get, credit where credit's due. Get in touch with tour stories, with statistical breakdowns, with. Uh, any other ideas you've got for the podcast you know where to find us we're on facebook we're on twitter we are instagram instagram meg chasers podcast we're um yeah and we're on itunes and acast i've got to say uh, go and follow us on instagram i went on on our instagram only yesterday for the fir- for the first time and it wasn't the meme covered hell that i expected <laughs> it's actually pretty good it's i need to get, good. i need to get some more pictures and and Update it. Yeah. Well, like we should really get a picture of Phil in that Leinster vest. No. We'll There'll be Ulsterman. What about your What about your pride, yeah, Ulsterman? Oh, you got Ulster shorts. Ulster on. shorts. I couldn't just wear the harp uh, up top. Yeah. Excellent. Right. Let's let's go home. Yes. Uh, subscribe, <laughs> uh, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Let the boys play. Bye bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 